Praise God. If you want to turn in your Bible to Joshua, the seventh chapter. Appreciate what I feel here today. change in the landscape in our world today it's possible or probable you're streaming this service or want to make mention that uh, glad that if you're listening in today that you're able to be a part of this service and we trust God is going to minister to you and touch you right where you are today Amen. Joshua, the seventh chapter, verse number one. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. So there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote them about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate even to Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Amen. If you give me a little bit today, perhaps my title will make sense. I'm really not that uh, given to creating cutesy titles anyway. So, But I'm going to preach to you for a little while today and I'm going to ask you to stay connected in the Holy Ghost with me. I'm going to preach to you on this subject, Hindered by a Heap. Hindered by a heap. God's wanting to talk to us today. God has something to say to us today. Would you lay your Bible down and let the Lord know we're listening today. Oh, we're tapping into what you're wanting to do in this place today, God. Give us ears to hear today what your spirit wants to say to your people today, God. Asking for perfect liberty today, God, in this service. God, we bind every hindrance and every distraction that might work against what it is that you're wanting to do in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice, church. Come on, reach out after the Lord right now. Mm, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> God bless you. You can be seated. If you were to ask nearly any church in the apostolic movement if they want revival, you're going to get a resounding response of yes. There's nothing more exciting than apostolic revival. Nothing more exciting than when the Spirit of God and, and the church of God begin to link up in a geographical area and mighty things are done. Amen. Nothing more fulfilling than doing what it is that God has called us to do. Amen. Help us in this end time hour to not lose focus or sight of what it is that God has called his church to do. And make no mistake about it, God is still in the soul-saving business. The scripture tells us that that is the reason why the Son of Man came to the earth, and that is to save sinners. If you want to know what's on the mind of God today, Sinners are on the mind of God. If you want to know what's on the mind of God, it is His church working in His business, reaching out to sinners. It's still the will of God to save sinners. Well, we might as well go ahead and just, just have church today. It's still the will of God to have revival in Olathe, Kansas. It's still the will of God for souls to come down to an altar of repentance. Amen, amen. He's still in the soul-saving business. But revival has a cost. Well, that just fell flat. <laughs> revival has a cost. Revival demands a sacrifice. Revival is work. Amen. Revival is fighting in the spirit. You'll never have a revival where somebody doesn't war in the spirit. You're never going to have a help me, Jesus. You're never going to have a revival where people haven't stood up against a stronghold that's in an area and say, "Hey, we're going to have revival. We're going to tear down some high places and some strongholds that the enemy has put in our area." Revival is facing stronghold after stronghold after stronghold. It's a journey of spiritual battle. Hallelujah. To reach that place that God wants us to go. It is a journey of battle. Well, this is not the cutesy revival journey that we have been sold in the years gone by where all we have to do is beat the drum a little harder and sing a little louder and 
feel a little better about where we're at. But true apostolic revival is somebody getting serious about tearing strongholds down in the area that God has placed you. When the Lord got ready to bring his people out of Egypt and into the, into the destination that he said, here we're going. We're going into the land of Canaan. I have a promised destination. Amen. Hey, God's still telling men of God in the areas where he's got them, I have a plan for you. I have a destination that I want you to take a group of individuals. Amen, amen. But when God spoke and he said, we're, we're going to go into the promised land in Exodus, the 23rd chapter, he says, I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. By little and little will I drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. Oh, hallelujah. I think we've been, we've been duped with our perception of revival that just one day it's just going to magically appear before our eyes that suddenly Olathe, Kansas is going to show up on the doorstep one day by the droves. I'm not, I'm not saying that we can't have early church Revival. I'm not saying that we can't have an axe kind of revival. I believe in revival. But I also believe that God never told a sinner to go to a church. He told the church, go to the sinner. Amen. I think here God sets us a precedent. And he said, oftentimes it's going to be a little by a little that we reach the area that we're going to. It's going to be a vision. It's going to be a destination. And it's going to be a battle all the way there. He said, because I do want to increase you. I do want to see a harvest. Amen. And so we want revival and we want it now. That's the age that we're living in. I want the easy revival. I want them to just show up and run to the aisles or run to the altars and just begin to pray through while I sit back here and, and determine whether they got it or not. There is no revival app that you can download. There are no revival shortcuts. Oh, don't y'all feel encouraged already? Amen. There are no shortcuts that can be taken to avoid a journey to where God desires to take his church. It's one step at a time. It's one service at a time. It's one prayer meeting at a time. It's one fast day at a time. It's one move of God at a time. It's the tearing down of one stronghold at a time. Amen. And so when the, when the children of Israel began to fight 
Many of us love the story of the battle of Jericho. It's highly probable, maybe even possible, that downstairs in Sunday school right now, they could be learning about the, the walls and somebody's marching around them tonight, uh, today. And, and, and we love that story. What a miraculous story that it is. And, and, and God said to Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho. What a promise. It's just going to happen. We're just going to walk up and they're going to throw the gates open and, and here we're going to have revival. <laughs> no. He said, you're gonna, you are going to compass the city. You and all the men of war are going to go around about it. Amen. You know what I like about the, the way that God works is that he doesn't leave anybody out. Amen. I didn't come from a good Christian home. I didn't bring any sort of pedigree to the church when I came. And so for me to notice that God wants to pick up everybody and put them on the team, that's encouraging to me. Amen. There is no place in a church for bench warming. Amen. Apostolic revival is not a spectator sport. Amen. Nobody has a position of observer. There are no conscientious objectors. Well, there are, but <laughs> there are, but we don't want to talk about that. <clears throat> Amen. And so what a great miracle from the Lord that Jericho was. What, what it must have been like, that, that pent-up anticipation walking around the city walls. What's God going to do? What's God going to do? Amen. That's, that's kind of what I feel in this place today. We're, we're wanting to know what's God going to do. We want to see the hand of God begin to move. And no doubt, help me Jesus, no doubt there has been a hand of God moving. No doubt this church has seen some great and mighty things happen in and around this church. Anybody ever seen the miraculous? Anybody ever seen somebody get the Holy Ghost around these altars? Anybody ever seen that baptistry troubled? Amen. And so they had a great miracle from God in Joshua the sixth chapter in the taking of Jericho. And uh, like a lot of people do, post-victory, we had some problems. Post-victory is a dangerous place. You know, I've, I've said this before, and, and, and some people call fast and prayer meetings before a revival, and, and I've, I've, it's been my observation, perhaps we should call them after the revival too. Well, post-victory. It's a dangerous place. For the people of God, it would seem already complacency is setting in. Amen. The result of this victory in Jericho was a lackadaisical approach to the things of God. How could we see this happen 
and immediately the result be complacency. <clears throat> How? Just a few days prior, we seen God work in such a grand fashion. And suddenly, now things that, that God said is a big deal. Israel's thinking, oh, it's not that big a deal. Something in the people of God changed the few short miles from Jericho to Ai. God spoke and said, hey, when you go up against Jericho, here's the plan. Here's how it's going to happen. Oh, and God gives us the plan. Amen. When the man of God stands behind a sacred desk and says, this is what God has called this church to do. And the plan is laid out from the throne of God. And we get excited and we obey it. And we see God make good on what it is that he said he was going to do. What exciting time. But when we arrive just a few miles down the road at Ai, suddenly humanity has come up with the plan. Suddenly we know how to do it. Human reasoning provided the plan for the battle at Ai. Sounded good. Everybody agreed. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. Let's talk about the stronghold of Ai. You see, Jericho had just fallen. And now it said they were going to go up the mountain to Ai. Amen. And I told you, I'm here to, I'm here to have a move of God. I'm here, to, I'm here to try to help today. Would you let me preach to you for a little while? Amen. God's got someplace a little higher. He wants the truth church to go. Amen. Jericho was wonderful. The revival from yesteryear was great. But there's a place a little higher up the mountain on God's radar. And he said, that's where we're going. Amen. God always calls us up a little higher after a victory. Amen. After a victory is not a time to go seeking after some R&R. <laughs> Amen. We've been back in the States now for about nine months, maybe ten now, nine months. And uh, where we have been, staying around Tulsa, they've been in revival nearly the entire time. And my flesh says, get me back to Africa. <laughs> Revival is work. Revival is a fight. And it's so easy that when, when the pastor says, all right, this, this season of Revival services has come to an end. And you can hear it as soon as he says it. It's a collective. 
we going to be real today? I'm going to go out of town for a little while. That Baptist Las Vegas that we call Branson is calling my name. I stepped off next to a sacred cow there. I'm going to leave that. After victory, it's not time to just relax. After, you know, it's, it's, it's something about getting, getting the taste, if I could say it this way, of, of devil blood in your mouth. What it really ought to do is stir up a desire for that next fight. When we see the defeat of, the, of our enemy, help me Jesus. When we see the defeat of our enemy around the front of this altar, when we see God taking the church a little farther in the spirit and some strongholds being broken down, that's not the time to set back and polish our trophies. That's the time to say, all right, if he tore down that stronghold, what's next? What's next? What's coming down this week? God did something great last week, but I am not content with just seeing what God did last week. I'm looking for the next fight. But instead, the spies went out. And they come back and reported what they seen from Ai. Some spirit of self-sufficiency must have gotten upon them. Because a casual look at Ai said, there's 12,000 of them there. Just send a couple. A couple of thousand up there. It's no big deal. We got this. It's just a small thing. It's just a little thing. It's not that big of a deal. Just send a few to fight. And again, it sounded really good. It sounded really good. It sounded like pastor calling for work day after revival. And he said, I just need a handful of volunteers. Just look at the carpet for a little while. And then a couple of hands go up, and we think, thank God, we'll just send those. Bless them, Lord. Use them, God. Amen. Compared to Jericho, AI probably did seem like a small thing. Through the lenses of of our flesh, we could easily deduct what it was going to take to see what God wanted to do next. But it would seem the collective group of God's people agreed. AI is not that big of a deal. We're going to go somewhere here in a minute. And I want you to ride with me. But everybody is looking at this thing 
and just saying it's not that big of a deal. You see, the city of Ai, that word Ai means a heap of ruins. And so when they looked at it, it's just a heap of ruins. It really isn't that big of a deal. It really isn't anything to be worried about, Pastor. It's really nothing so big of a deal about this thing. Really nothing to worry about. Being a minister, there's nothing more frightening, I think you could say, than pastor... I don't think this is that big a deal. Two miles east of Ai, we can see Bethel. I can still see the house of God from here. I'm still under the influence of the ministry of Bethel, of the house of God. Five miles down the road, is Jericho. I can still see the smoke billowing up from the last victory that I encountered. What I'm doing right now is not that big of a deal. And so they go into battle. They march into Ai. And it was time to deal with that stronghold. And flesh got involved. Not everybody in the camp got involved in the fight. Amen. It's getting quiet. Amen. I, I keep coming back to this. Not everybody got involved in the fights. Because AI is not that big of a deal. Amen. I don't see why pastor's getting all that animated about this. I don't see that Christmas banquet is that big a deal. I don't see that this particular church endeavor is that big a deal. I don't see. I don't see and I don't see. It's just a few. But we... See, after the battle, 36 casualties. I don't know about you, but one casualty around the church is too much. One casualty, one loss, and anything that's going to jeopardize the saving of somebody's soul is a big deal. So what should have been another stronghold torn down became a shameful defeat. Humbled by nothing more than a heap. A half-hearted effort dealing with some things that they thought were not 
that big of a deal. Pastor came by and he said, I'm worried. I'm concerned. It's not that big of a deal. And so we give a half-hearted effort at, at dealing with the situation. And better yet, we're probably giving a half-hearted effort of, of covering that thing up so that it's not as noticeable oh, help me, Jesus, as it was so that the pastor will stay off my case about it. We cannot afford a casual approach to spiritual strongholds. Amen. I'm going to get down here where we're living. Uh, hallelujah. I don't apologize for this. I don't apologize for coming in and trying to obey God during the holiday season. But I am going to tell you that this church is up against a stronghold. Amen. You've been pushing up against something for a while now, and you've been wondering what is going on. Why can we not seem to get past where we're at right now? And past victories and past revivals and past experiences for God have caused you to believe that some current distractions are not that big of a deal. Distractions have led to focusing on things other than what God has ordained this church to do in this city. Hallelujah. You've been wondering, what is it? What I can't put my finger on it. And the reason you haven't been able to put your finger on that one thing is because it's a heap of little things that are causing the hindrance for this church to get to where God wants you to go. You're being hindered by a heap of things that really you don't think are that big of a deal, but God said it's become a stronghold. And the stronghold that you're facing is all the little distractions from the will of God. We get a little momentum and we go up the mountain a little ways and we face a little bit of defeat and back down we go. And instead of having the response that Joshua did and saying, God, what is going on? Forgive us. What happened? We go right back up the mountain again, determined in our human reasoning and self-sufficiency to see it happen. We never deal with the hindrances. It's time, Truth Church, to clear away the clutter and focus on what the will of God is for this church. No doubt you're going into this new year wondering what is 2021 going to mean for the Truth Church in Olathe. And I'm telling you it's time to stop justifying little hobbies and commitments that you've made and interests that you have that seem like they're insignificant in your life because they become a hindrance. 
anything that has taken your attention and your devotion away from the vision, from the direction that God said we need to go, it needs to be dealt with. Let's pray. Come on, let's reach out after God right now. Come on. We need God to help us today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, we need to get serious about the vision that God has put into the heart of this church. We need to quit justifying what seems so insignificant. And we need to cry out to God to help us to lay aside every weight that hinders us. Consider the little foxes. They're destroying the vine. And God's saying, I'm ready to give you the victory. I'm ready to give you the revival that you want. But you're laid it down with cares and concerns and hobbies and interests, commitments that you've made. The promises that God has made to this church have not been revoked. But it's only going to come when we make up our mind as a church to, to cast down every stronghold, every imagination, every high thing that it's exalting itself against what God wants us to do. God is taking this church where he wants it to go, but it's time to unburden yourself with the heap of distraction. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Come on, you've been seeking God for what's going on. You've been crying out to God about revival, about seeing the harvest. Come on, here's your answer. It's time to unburden yourself from distractions. Oh, hallelujah. If it's not directly related to and involved in what God is wanting to do around this place, we need to unburden ourselves from it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, truth church, respond to the presence of God right now. Somebody get real honest and transparent before God right now. God, I'm not going to I'm not going to make excuse. I'm not going to justify this thing any longer. I'm not going I'm not going to allow some things that are so petty and insignificant to keep me from getting involved in the revival that you want us to have. God, I want it to go.